Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Welcome, everybody, into the Leaning into Leadership podcast. This week's episode is going to take us to a little bit different place. We're going to focus on leadership outside of education. I mean, folks, we can all learn from other leaders, and good leadership is good leadership, regardless of the space in which you lead. So I have ventured into the business world with our guest, Derek Keller. Well, who's Derek Keller? Well, that's a great question. Derek Keller is an entrepreneur, coach, and sales specialist. His compassion, integrity, and work ethic have earned him a reputation as a high-performance, service-driven leader. A warrior-certified trainer and decorated U.S. combat veteran, Derek is on a lifelong mission to create positive change in people's personal and professional lives by helping to cultivate shifts in their perception. For more than a decade, he has garnered extensive experience within the domain of sales across a variety of industries. Currently, Derek is the president and co-founder of Boulder GX LLC, an independent, high-complexity diagnostic laboratory focused on healthcare provider applications, employer health and wellness solutions, and patient advocacy. In addition to his central role at Boulder GX, Derek is also the founder and owner of Battlefield Boardroom, a program that aims to integrate battlefield tactics and modern business systems. Through this program, he imparts to his clients a tried-and-true system designed to foster the best possible version of themselves as individuals, spouses, fathers, mothers, and industry leaders. I'm so excited to share this conversation with Derek Keller today. Before we get to that, today's episode is brought to you by Road to Awesome. Folks, let's talk about setting the tone for your upcoming school year. Let's talk about bringing a message of hope, inspiration, and a reminder that the work educators do matters and it makes a difference. Let's get your school or your district on the road to awesome. Imagine every single employee in your school or your district, every adult that comes in contact with a student believing the three tenets of road to awesome. That is, we control how we show up each and every day. We remember that we alone can control our behavior. There's very little we can control, but we can control ourselves. So we focus on how we show up. Number two, we remember that we rise by lifting others. We don't want to be those folks who are scratching and clawing and fighting to climb over the top of people. Rather, we rise by lifting others. We reach a hand down to lift others up. We are in this all together. And number three, We change the world one conversation at a time. Each and every conversation we have with a child might be the conversation that they remember forever. Folks, send me an email. Give me a call. Let's get you on my calendar and get me on your calendar. Let's get your school on the road to awesome this coming fall. And now, enjoy this episode with Derek Keller. I'll see you on the other side. 
All right. Welcome back into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I'm really excited to have Derek Keller joining me on the show today. Derek has so many amazing experiences that I just can't wait for him to share. I don't want to steal all of his introduction and his background, but he's an entrepreneur. He's a coach. He's a sales specialist. Um, man, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, Derek has really set the bar for all of us to follow. Derek, thanks so much for joining me here on the show. It's exciting to have you here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the invite. And it's, uh, it's, it's always fun to get on these and, and always share, right? I mean, that's, that's part of leadership is to constantly share and to, to give, give people insight to the things that you're doing so that they can grow from it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for my, my listeners who don't know you, um, mm-hmm. just real quick, just kind of a background, um, how, how you go from being, being a Wyoming kid like me to now being in, in the world that you're in. Yeah. In, in West Palm, Florida. <laughs> yeah. It's a I, bit of a difference. Well, I, I, I miss the mountains. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's kind of crazy, you know, it, it all started, you know, in the Marine Corps learning, learning how to lead people and, and just growing through, through the different challenges of being a 21, 22 year old kid leading a, a bunch of guys through, through war. I mean, it, it, it challenges you and puts you in a completely different light. Um, when, when getting out of the Marine Corps, I thought that I would go and join a police force right, right off the get go and uh, thought that I would get the same type of brotherhood and things like that. And turned out when I graduated or when I, when I got out of the Marine Corps um, and went to the police academy, I, I ended up getting my psych eval, evals back from the, from the Marine Corps halfway through. And they said that during, during that time, I was too much of a liability. Um, so I was like, well, shoot, maybe I'll just go home and go back to <laughs> Wyoming. And, yeah. Uh, thought that I would end up, you know, in the mines like my dad or my brother. And, and that just, uh, what that's kind of a long hiring process. So, um, during that time, one of my buddies asked me to go come sell cars. And I was like, wow, that's, uh, that's definitely the furthest thing from anything that I thought that I would be doing. Um, one, you know, I was struggling with some things like PTSD and, um, I wasn't really wanting to talk to people or, or put myself out there to talk to people. Um, and uh, it was actually one of the biggest things that helped me through everything, forcing myself into that situation, forcing myself to talk to people. Um, I ended up being promoted into management very quickly. I was, uh, <clears throat> I, I had my own store. I was the youngest guy that, that had their own store. I was, I, I had uh, employees underneath me that were twice my age. It was, it was quite the experience. Um, and, you know, everybody through the car business kept saying, you know, that, uh, that car, being a car salesman is like being an entrepreneur. Um, and, and the funny thing was, is like all my friends kept coming up and asking me, don't you own this joint yet? And I'm like, well, <laughs> Do you own the mine? I mean, what, what do you mean? Do you own this joint? Yeah. Like it, it was, it was always crazy. And but, but as things like that started to come up, it just got me thinking. Like, you know, I, I could, I could do something bigger. I could do something better. Um, and when I originally left 
when I was getting ready to leave the car business, I started a couple of different coaching businesses helping veterans out. And um, one was the Wolf Project, which uh, my partner and I, he was an Army veteran, Kyle Taylor. He, he actually, we separated and, and he took the Wolf Project and I took Battlefield Boardroom. Um, and when I moved, I guess I, I picked up and moved to Arizona when I, when I finally left the car business. Um, and I was like, you know, it's going to be tough. You're in Salt Lake. I'm in Arizona. Let's just, um, but he's a great dude. He's got a, he's got a good program. Um, and I launched Battlefield Boardroom and I, you know, took off, started doing that. And, um, it was, it's definitely been a crazy journey as far as that went. Um, it was, it was a lot of stories that I told myself about how, you know, I, I, I didn't belong, a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of, a lot of different things like that. But uh, as, as I started to grow through that um, and, and get a lot of different contracts with some different people that were nowhere near anything that I knew. Um, I mean, I had cloud migration software people. I had cloud uh, lawsuit people. I ended up a lot in the tech space for some reason, which was kind of weird. But uh, they, they all seemed to really like the, the marine hard, you know, knife hand telling them what to do type thing. So it was it was really good. And I, 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 I got a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge from from them guys. I learned a lot from them. And, and uh, they they really stepped up and, and helped me along the way learning learning business um, from a different angle and, and not just about, you know, uh, making sure that everybody does what they say they're going to do. And uh, from there, I uh, ended up coaching some guys that uh, owned a lab and they decided they wanted out. So I ended up buying the lab in November and, and here we go where we're, we're off and running again with you know, I'm, I've got the coaching business and I've got the the um, lab business, which is uh, another thing that I never thought that I would be in. But it's, uh, it's yeah, you know, experience. Yeah, when when uh, when reading through through your bio, and of course, you know, we've, we've both been following each other for for a number of years, and uh, but but just seeing that migration from, you know. Uh, for example, your book, uh, when, when you released, you know, experience driven sales, um, it certainly has, you know, has a, a core piece around how to transform from the, you know, the high, high competitive, almost cutthroat type of atmosphere that I think some people still have in their head around, you know, what it's like on a car lot and probably still in a lot of, a lot of spaces in the car, uh, the automobile industry, it's still that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, the, the transformation from, from that space to battlefield boardroom to now Boulder GX, um, when, when I think about, when I think about people who are true entrepreneurs, it's, you're always looking for, while focused on what you're doing, you're always kind of looking a little bit at what is that next opportunity where, not necessarily where, where can I go to chase more money, but rather where can I grow myself and improve myself? Um, talk a little bit about yeah. that, you know, in, in, in your well, transition from these very unique spaces, you know, what, what has that been like? Well, I mean, what, one of the biggest things is don't tell me that I can't do something <laughs> because I'm going to go, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to figure it out. Right. Um, so um, writing the book, 
for instance, I mean, if we just go back to writing the book, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you could probably get access to my old grades and, and, and see all that because you've got, <laughs> you've got all that. But uh, uh, language was not my strong subject. I was, I was very, very challenged in that area. And one, I didn't, I didn't even read my first book till I was 30 years old. Like I'd, I'd always get the cliff notes or, or get some sort of a summary somewhere so that I could put something together for whatever report I needed to write. And uh, I, I kept telling myself the story that I was, I was terrible at writing, that I was terrible at, um, at doing, at, at, at writing copy and, and putting these different things together. So um, one day I was sitting there telling myself that same story. And I was like, you know what, 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 what does it mean to be a writer? Like, I'm, I keep saying I'm not a writer. Well, what does it mean to be a writer? Well, a writer has a book. And I was like, okay, well, if, if I want to be a writer, I need to write a book. So that's what sparked the whole thing with writing, writing the book, Experience Driven Sales. What, what could I write about? Well, I was, I've been in car sales. I created this process. I did all these things. Why don't I just write about that? So then I just started writing about it. And, you know, it, it turned into a book. So it, it was, that's, that's one thing that, that I pride myself on is, is when somebody tells me I can't do something, or if I'm telling myself I can't do something, I jump in and, and go figure it out. Uh, the, this lab space, for instance, uh, coming out of the car business, everybody told, told me that car salesmen will never make it in the, in the lab industry. Like they, you can't, you can't go do medical sales without, uh, medical sales uh, experience or without some other type of sales experience. So instead I went and bought a lab. So that <laughs> I didn't have anybody <laughs> telling me no. There you so, go. So here I am in medical sales, um, you know, as, as being the president of the company, it, do, it doesn't, doesn't mean that I still don't go out there and sell. As a matter of fact, today, before we got on this call, I went across the street over here to a nursing home to try to get some of their business. So it's, it's just always, always trying to, to step into something new and challenge myself. And I, you know, the other thing that I do is I always hire a coach. I always have somebody um, on me to make sure that I'm pushing myself because if, if I don't have somebody there, then a lot of times you'll end up in them lulls of not, you know, just, just comfortable. Right. And, and with comfortable yeah. comes, comes failure. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Failure at worst, average at best. And um, right. I, I, lo- I love that you talk about that too, because, you know, I mean, obviously that's, that's something I do as well is, you know, is, is that results coaching, but what people don't realize, and I bring it up all the time, every, every new client or even potential client in the coaching space is I have a coach too, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, I, you know, I, I can coach you, but I got to have somebody pushing me as well. And, um, I think that's something I, I, I want to chase this for just, just a second, because coming out yeah. of public education after, after 26 years, um, coaching in public education really has never been accepted. I mean, results coaching, not athletic coaching, different, different thing. Well, what you and I are talking about is having that person to give you that third point perspective, to give you feedback, to push you, to challenge you, to hold you accountable to your goals. And for whatever reason, in the education space, it, it's starting to move, but it's always been almost more of a, if, if we're about the, to the point of out counseling this person, 
Let's get them a coach so we can say we've done everything we could. So like coaching was only for those who struggle. Mm. Talk a little bit about what coaching is in the business space. Cause I know it's completely different than it is in the education space. Oh, uh, you know, I, I don't know that it's that much different. I, I, I yeah. think it would actually fall more, more, more in the same, like uh, something that we've talked about in the past is, you know, just, um, leading kids and trying to get them to the next level and and trying to push them Mm -hmm. to the next level. I mean, every teacher is a coach. Every teacher is trying to, Mm -hmm. to get somebody to the next level. These educators are are constantly trying to push, push our kids and and push themselves. So um, I don't know that it's that much different, but in the business world, a lot of, a lot of us are, are always trying to find, the, the next level, the next thing, the, the innovation to where we're constantly innovating on the process and trying to make things better and, and, and make it more convenient for our customers and try to make it um, more accessible, right? Convenience, accessibility, and, and we're just constantly innovating and trying to come up with new ideas. Like I have a whole R&D department in my lab to, to come up with different tests and, and new, new versions of things to, to bring down costs, to, to make things work. Um, so, I mean, coaching in, in both aspects is, is about bringing out the, the best in each and every one of us and, and trying to find um, that, that one thing that you just can't really unlock yourself, you know, the, the stuck point. You, you get in these points where it's, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to get through. You kind of feel stuck in the mud and, and, and you know, you, you've tried everything. You've tried your meditation. You've tried writing things down. You've tried running through some different processes. And um, it's just that point where you just can't get beyond it yourself. Like you're, you just need that next, that next version, that next, um, that, that outside looking in to kind of give you, give you the perspective that you're looking for. Um, and, and what I like to do as a, as a business coach is I don't like to tell people what the solution is. Um, because what I've found is when I'm, when I'm giving you the solution or I give you the answer, it's just like giving you a, a tool that you don't know how to use, right? So, so they, yeah. a lot of times they'll either fail with it because they don't know how to use it or they'll fail with it because it's not their idea. So um, what we try to do is, is ask the right questions to guide you to the answer and then, you know, uh, asking different different uh, questions on, you know, confirming questions to make sure we know that you're going to get it done, how you're going to get it done, when you're going to get it done. Um, and it just, it, it's really just a series of questions and just getting better at asking mm-hmm. questions. And ultimately inside of that, by getting better at asking questions and better at communicating with, with my customers, I've actually gotten better at communicating with my wife and my kids and, it, it just it constantly pushes you to get better in all areas because you know how you show up in one area bleeds to all the other areas. Absolutely, and I, for me, co- coaching is what changed me as as a leader. Um, I, mm-hmm. I go back to um, my my first year as as the building principal, so moving from assistant to being the building principal and thinking I had to do it all, I had to know everything, I had to be the solution to everything, and. And learning by having that coach who would remind me, you know, it's, it's important to, to, to delegate, to really focus on, on the work you need to accomplish. And more importantly, and, and I, think, I think you were hitting this without using the exact words, which is fine, is empowering other people to be able mm. to solve their own problems. You know, I mean, that's yeah. to me, that's like 
that's what coaching is all about is, is just kind of pulling the wool back from their eyes a little bit and letting them learn how to solve their own problems. So I, I appreciate that you said that, that it's, it's not giving them the answer. It's helping them find the answer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just for instance, one of my clients this morning I was on the phone with, he was, he was telling me about all these big problems that he had. So I started asking him, you know, what are the pains around the problems? Where, where are you currently at? You know, who, who do you have that can help you with this? And, and just telling him that, you know, if, if you start to delegate, if you start to give some of these problems to other people and say, hey, like, this is a problem in your department, come back to me with a couple solutions. Like it, it completely changes the dynamic because not only does it give you the, the faith as a leader to, to, that they can come up with solutions, but it, but it gives you faith as a leader to be able to give them more things. So like you can get, you can offload more stuff off your plate and you can, you have more of an opportunity to, to be that, that overarching and, and seeing everything and trying to make all the pieces work as you pull all these different things off, because a lot of us get stuck in that busy work, right? Like as soon yeah. as, as soon as we, we, especially as a young entrepreneur, when you're first starting off, like you, you try to do everything and control everything that happens inside of the organization, much like you were as, as a, as a first building principal, you, you felt like you had to know everything. You felt like you had to control everything. And, um, that's the same thing that goes along with these young entrepreneurs or young managers that it, it, it's, they, they try to do everything rather than leading and, and guiding and, and helping other people come up and, and grow. And to me, to me, that was the best part of the job. And I think it's what's led me into, into doing the work I do now is just working with and helping grow other leaders. I mean, to me, that's one of the most important responsibilities we have as a leader is how are we doing those things that are allowing others to grow and to, you know, just add additional tools into their toolbox so that they can be the best leaders they can possibly be. I want to, I want to jump back to, uh, to a quote from your book um, that to me, and we were talking about this before, before we hit the record mm -hmm. button, that it's, it's, it's just so pure and so true of leadership. But you're talking about uh, in chapter two of your book about changing this process from the high pressure sales to, you know, let's, let's go away from commission. Let's go to salary and let's focus on the, on the customer experience more so than the, you know, the raw uh, numbers and, and dollars and cents of the sales. When you say it in your book, you'd be amazed at how different employees can be when focused less on a sale and more on creating an amazing customer experience. And we were talking about this before, because to me, to me, it's very much the same way that I wanted to lead, lead my school. So mm -hmm. I'm, it, it's almost like I'm asking this question for myself. I don't want to answer the question. I want, I want you to, <laughs> you to just talk a little bit more about, about that as kind of, I guess maybe how you viewed leadership then and, and maybe how that's evolved. Yeah. Um, so it's always about the customer experience. It's always about the employee experience. It's about the culture. It's about the, the things that you bring to, to the table, you know, um, inside of every, every organization, you, you, you always have a customer facing type type scenario. And usually the way that a, 
that your employees feel is is the way that they're putting out to your your customers. So you want to make sure that every single you want to make sure that all your bases are covered, that you got the right people in the right places, that, that your people are happy, all, all these things, right? Um, but when you take the pressure off of, in particular, the sales aspect, when, when these guys were going out and, and trying to grind to get that sale, um, it really it, it, it gave a bad taste to the customers all, all the time. Like you, you'd always get complaints. There would always be something. So by changing the dynamic a little bit and, and moving them to a com- off of commission, putting them on a salary to where they weren't trying to just uh, make a sale to make their paycheck. They, they had a, a small salary that covered their bills that then they could add to depending on, you know, different, different things that they did. But it took the stress off and, and it put the, the focus back on the experience, which is what we ultimately want inside of our business inside of our schools inside of any type of leadership situation you want to make sure that everybody's experience is good to where to where they feel good and 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 things things mesh things things happen so in that experience where i changed their i I not only changed their their um pay structure i also changed their name from um customer from, from salesperson to customer experience specialist. So like when they, when they went out, they had this already built into their head that they were going out to create an experience. And that's what they were paid off of was, was creating that experience. And when we did that, we literally went from the national average, which was between 15 and 20% closing. We went to an 80% closing ratio. Like we would have customers leave and come back saying that they're coming back to us purely based on the experience because they, they went down somewhere else and they ran into the, the same old hard nose car salesman, didn't want to give them a price on the lot. And you know, you guys know the know the rigmarole that you go through when you when you go to the dealership. But um, that experience transitions into everything. So like right now I've got this lab and it's unheard of inside of the lab to um, give, to, to go out and tell your, your uh, other clients. So, so like the clinics that we're dealing with, what's going on with the sample. So like if we have to do a rerun or if, if it was contaminated or things like that, they would just rerun it, rerun it, rerun it. And then on the third rerun, they put back an inconclusive. So I, I had to change that dynamic a little bit. So I, I brought more of the small town feel to the lab. And I've, I've got, not only do we communicate directly with the consumer, the, 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 per, the patient, the one who does, who's actually did the test, we communicate with the clinic as well and give them uh, updates and a timeline of, of how we're operating and what we're trying to do. So it, well, I it think just completely changes the experience. It does. And, and what, what I'm pulling out of that in, in a number of ways is really, it, it comes back to mindset. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, the, the salespeople that you had, you know, um, under, under your leadership and changing their mindset from, you know, I'm going out there, I've, you know, I've got to get a sale. I got to get a sale to, Hey, I'm here. I'm here just to make sure the customer has a great experience. Their mindset change then transfers to the mindset of, of your consumer who of course then you know you already talked about it i mean your 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 conversion rates were were just off the charts 
And now, of course, doing the exact same thing in the lab, just just changing that mindset to not the customer's always right, but rather we're always going to communicate what's happening with, you know, with with inside of our lab or inside, you know, the uh, the car dealership. I think I think the mindset piece that that you're that you're talking about is really critical. And I'm curious if if you can come up with or, or think back to a moment when for you that mindset shifted. I, I know my moment when it went from let's catch them doing it wrong to let's let's focus on things they're doing right. So is is there a moment where that mind that mindset for you kind of shifted? Um, yeah. So like when when I started making this transition inside the car lot and 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 making things uh, go go, you know, I wanted the the salesman to change their perspective, but in reality, I was still, I still had my same perspective of like, you know, the, I, I got to make money. I got to sell cars. I got to do these things. And, um, I had Shane, the owner and I had, had went through this process and built this process and committed to the process, but we had a customer who, who had left the dealership the night before, went to Walmart, got backed into, had their bumper dented and they came back the next day and said, Hey, you sold me a car with a dented bumper. <laughs> and my immediate um, reaction was like, no, we didn't. We've got pictures right here of the truck before it left. We took pictures of you with the truck right next to where you're sh showing the bumper. Like my immediate reaction was to prove them wrong. And Shane actually come out and caught me before I did it and, and said, okay, we'll get the bumper replaced. And I was like, what do you mean we'll get the bumper replaced? And I, you know, <laughs> we go back in the office and I'm telling him, I'm like, there, there's no way. See, here's all the proof. He says, well, you said that you want to create this experience. So when, when you want to create this experience, you have to, you have to buy into creating the experience. So the customer, uh, we ended up replacing their bumper. They ended up being happy as all get out. They ended up telling everybody about how great we were. And it was, it was just, it was, it was a mental shift at that point of, all right. So if, if this is the way that, that we have to be, this, it's not always, it's not the customer's always right, but we're, we're going to create an experience that nobody else creates. We're not going to challenge you. We're not going to try to prove you wrong. We're just going to take care of you and make sure that you have the, the best experience you could possibly have. Oh, I just love that so much. Um, it's, it's, it's true. When, when we focus on treating people the way we want to be treated, when we focus on, you hit the word culture. It's one of my, one of my favorite words. I think it's one of the most important things that an organization, a school, it doesn't matter what it is. When you set the, the culture and the expectations around, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that people get a great experience. It completely transforms how, how everybody, um, connects with and, and what they start to identify with the brand of whatever it might be, whether it's, you know, Boulder GX when, when you were selling cars or Battlefield Boardroom, which we haven't talked about yet. And I really want to dive into this and learn more about this because folks, seriously, if you go and, and check out Derek's website, you're going to see this like a high power intense video that makes you want to just go run through the wall and sign up for Battlefield Boardroom. And you may not even know what it is. So 
we, we, we definitely need, need you to talk just a little bit more about that kind of where the idea came from and, and what's that experience like? Well, I mean, so one, one thing is, is that, that you, you said something inside of that conversation that that's one of my big trigger words where, where you say uh, culture is a great word for you. Expectations are, are a great word for me. Like being, having clear set expectations and, and, and making sure that not only you have not making sure not only, you know, what your expectations are, but uh, relaying them and communicating them to your employees or to the, to the people that you support. Um, they, it's, it's, it's crazy. One of my coaches told me that a lot of times people don't know your expectations until they've already failed them. And it's something that stuck with me through everything that I've done, because if, if I don't give you clear expectations, if I don't um, create these, these, these parameters of what I think that the success is, then, then we failed each other. I've failed you as a leader and, and there's, there's no way that you can win. So you failed me because you didn't ask. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. Just, oh yeah. It's just like expectations. They're they're always there. But um, Battlefield Boardroom uh, kind of stemmed from it, well, it stemmed from where I was at. I went from the battlefield. I, I came from combat. I got out of the Marine Corps and I I jumped into a, a, an office job, which I thought that I would never be a guy sitting behind a desk or wearing suits or you know doing doing all this stuff. I, I just didn't didn't really, I didn't really think that it was, that it was a possibility. Um, so when, when I first started the program, I I was thinking, well, battlefield to the boardroom, like if I want to help veterans transition from combat to home was, was my original purpose. Um, and when, when I look at battlefield boardroom, uh, I can expand that to many different things. Uh, you know, the, the battlefield inside of your head to the boardroom that you step into, um, to the, the battlefield of, you know, the lot to the boardroom that you step into to create, um, a, a different, a different experience from the battlefield of, of business. Like there, there's always a battlefield that every single one of us are, are inside of, whether it's, you know, a, a physical battlefield of, of the military or uh, a battlefield that maybe you're just, you know, struggling with some mental, uh, issues and some PTSD around some things or some, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different aspects of, of a battlefield. And then I, I, I kind of frame the boardroom as, as the opportunity um, the, to, to go back and look at things and kind of build, build from it. Um, so I originally started out chasing veterans and trying to, trying to push them into business and create, you know, get them to find purpose. And because one of, one of the biggest things that I think that veterans struggle with coming back from the battlefield is finding purpose because you, you go over there and you have this uh, almost godlike mentality, like, Oh, you know, I've, I've done these big things and I've, you know, over there I was this guy and I led this, this platoon or this squad or this battalion or, or whatever. Like I've led all these people and now I've come back to civilian world and I'm just another guy. So you go from this big high to, and, and a yeah. lot of guys end up, end up on the factory line, you know, just 
you know, next, next thing. And, and they don't, they don't really find any purpose inside of what they're doing. So they, they end up struggling. And that's, I, I wholeheartedly believe that that's, that's why we end up with 22 veterans committing suicide a day. Um, so my whole purpose behind that was to lower that number. Um, in doing that, I found that my skills were, were uh, transitioned into, into other uh, businesses as well. And, and I found that by, by talking and communicating with other people that I, that I was able to step into some of these different roles inside of different organizations and, and, and lead their people and show them structure and, and introduce different ways to set targets and, and to hold accountable through targets and, and to just to, to build a vision and, and, and live that culture and breathe that culture throughout your entire organization. And, and that's what I, what I have Battlefield Boardroom for because it's, it's all about supporting and, and growing and, and building future, future leaders, future entrepreneurs. Well, I, I think it's uh, number one, obviously um, not only something that nationwide that we, that we need, uh, you know, the ability to support our veterans as they transition back home. Um, but the opportunity to help veterans find a purpose, uh, you know, a, a deeper purpose than, than just themselves. Um, Mm-hmm. Not being a veteran, I, I don't know that that transition, but but certainly listening to you talk about it and knowing knowing a number of veterans who have done their own transitions from uh, from the battlefield into into their everyday life, being able to have somebody there who not only has lived it but but has navigated it successfully, went through some bumps, went through some you know through some detours and that kind of stuff, but now obviously. Um, has found has found success. I think is is wonderful that you're doing that. So um, definitely some some meaningful and some very very powerful work that you're doing uh, with that. Um, final question for you um, as as we wrap this really awesome episode up. Um, the name of the show is Leaning into Leadership. You've talked already so many different ways that you're leaning into leadership. What might be one other thing? that you're doing to lean into leadership or that you just want to build on that you already talked about in the episode? Oh, um, golly. Uh, leaning into leadership, uh, I believe is, is something that, that we all have to live every single day. Um, and, and when you're constantly leaning into it, you're going to, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, a it's an experience for us to, to be able to lean into leadership and, and create this, this life, right? And, and if we can hold ourselves accountable and push ourselves to find an, another level by grabbing that, that coach or that mentor or that person next to us to, to help guide us through the, the turmoil, um, I, I just feel like that that's, that's really the, the key point to anything is making sure that that you find the best version of yourself. And, and that's what I believe leaning into leadership is, is finding the best version of yourself so that you can lead and groom and grow others. Absolutely, man. I think that's, I think that's perfect. I think that's a, that's a great spot for, for us to jump off with is leadership 
being all about really supporting and helping others find find that path as well while finding that fulfillment in ourselves. Derek, thanks so much for being on the show with me today. It's been an amazing conversation. It was great to catch up with you again. No, thank you. Wow. If you're like me, you listened to that episode with Derek Keller and thought, there are so many pieces about leadership that just transcend the role in which you are leading. Whether you're in the business world, maybe you're in the medical world, you're in the educational world, military, whatever role you happen to be in and have a leadership responsibility, there are certain things that just absolutely unequivocally are critical in your leadership role. And two of the things that Derek hit there, I just thought were absolutely amazing. First and foremost, it was a quote that I read during the interview, but it comes from his book. You'd be amazed at how different employees can be when focused less on a sale and more on creating an amazing customer experience. All about the customer experience. And when we think about that, as it applies to our world in education, the customer experience, that would be the experience that our students have in our classrooms, the employee experience, that's our teachers, our bus drivers, our paraprofessionals, our secretaries, and so forth. What are we doing to be intentional about that experience for them? How do we make sure that we're the ones who are constantly trying to improve the the conditions in which they work and in, in which they come to school so that they're out telling everybody else, just, just like the story about the car bumper, they're out telling everybody what a great experience they had at Derek's car dealership. We as school leaders, we want people out telling people what a great experience they're having in our school, in our district. Um, I just thought that was an incredible element. And the second thing that, that I wanted to hit was when he talked about expectations. It's interesting. You guys all know just how passionate I am about school culture. Derek is just that passionate about expectations. And and one of the things that he said was people don't know your expectations until they've already failed them. Way too often, this is a true statement. And I, I really love that he went there with this because as leaders, if we're not crystal clear about what it is we expect from people, how in the world can we expect them to hit the targets? I mean, folks, th- this is this is the work that I do with with high-performance leadership teams. We as leaders have to be clear We can't walk in purpose if we don't know what it is that we're looking for. And there's no way people can hit our expectations if they don't know what it is that we're looking for. So I love how he said that, you know, as a leader, I have failed you if I haven't communicated or held you to those expectations. And in a way, as an employee, you fail because you didn't bother to ask. Make sure we're clear about expectations. Just really powerful stuff in this episode, folks. I just, oh man, I'm so stoked and I'm so excited that uh, I had got to have that opportunity to sit down with Derek Keller. And now it's time for a little pep talk. This pep talk simply is about gratitude. I want you to stop and think about the last time you truly showed some gratitude for somebody in your life. As I'm sitting here recording this episode, I'm sitting right in between my Uh, wedding anniversary and my wife's birthday. And uh, those are both at the end of June. And it's interesting. Back when I was a classroom teacher and and I was a basketball coach, the month of June meant we were off, you know, playing games at different team camps and, and having, you know, individual skill camps. And so I was consumed by basketball during the month of June. So I missed a lot of anniversaries. I missed my wife's birthday quite a few times. And now 
that's that's just not the case for me anymore. I'm always there for anniversaries. I'm always there for birthdays. And I'm honestly very grateful that the experiences that I've had and the journey that I've been on have gotten me to this point where I understand that I'm grateful for knowing how important it is to be there for these types of experiences. Um, I'm grateful that my wife continues to have me as a part of her life, you know, 26 years strong and continuing to go. And um, what I want to what I want to challenge you this week is just simply think about something that you're grateful for, whoever it might be, and just reach out and let them know. Just tell them, you know, I'm so grateful I get to have the opportunity to have you in my life. Just like I'm grateful to have that opportunity to have my wife in my life. That's your pep talk for today. That's the show for today. I hope you had a wonderful time. I certainly did. Until next time, have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.